If you think that God is dull, boring, or tedious, you can be certain that you have a distorted picture of God. The living God, the creator of heaven and earth, is not boring. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick. Colin, I'm glad we're going to take a look today at some of the misconceptions about God. But if we think of God as dull, boring, or tedious, it's good to know that this is not the God of the Bible. Absolutely. When someone says, I find God boring, I want to say to them, tell me about the God that you find boring. Tell me about him. Because the God you know is not the God of the Bible. And here today, we're going to take a look at where some of the distorted images of God come from. I've, I've had conversations with folk who say, I hate God. Well, tell me about the God you hate. What is it that you find faithful in this God? No, let's discover where these distorted images come from, and then let's discover the true image of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. No better place to see that image of God than in his word. So if you can, open your Bible and join us in Isaiah chapter 40. Here's Pastor Colin. Last week we began a new series entitled Faith with Questions, dealing with the darkness of doubt. Our aim is to diagnose some of the spiritual conditions in which doubt grows and then to prescribe some remedies that will help us to deal with these struggles. We began by looking together at the condition of defective memory, which is very simply when we forget to remember the abundant goodness of God. We identified some of the symptoms. You know that you're suffering from this if you detect pride or presumption or self-involvement, the for-me mentality in your heart. And the only way to counteract this condition, the only prescription for it, is to cultivate a spirit of thanksgiving. And we saw that we do that as we intentionally remember God's goodness from the past as we focus on his abundant goodness now, particularly in relation to food and finance, and then as we intentionally reflect on where we would have been if it were not for the grace of God that comes to us through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. Now, today we're going to explore a second spiritual condition that is deeply destructive to faith, and that, as you'll see from your bulletin, is the condition of distorted pictures. Now, since we're talking about pictures, I thought that uh, I would show you a cherished image from 22 years ago (laughs) when... uh, Oh, thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) We've hardly started yet, I promise you. Um, where a young wannabe pastor and his bride were were married. Unfortunately, this picture fell into the wrong hands in the last week. (laughs) I'm realizing that my wife will be in the third service and I'm getting nervous. Uh, Our AV people uh, have access, of course, to uh, the digital images uh, that are in the pictorial directory, of which this is one, and uh, they are way too talented in terms of uh, the type of work they've been able to do, (laughs) and obviously have far too much time on their hands in this last week. Now, the very simple point of today's message is this. Some people have a desperately distorted picture 
of God. A very unattractive picture of God lurks within their minds. And it is that that gives rise to their incessant battle with doubt. The problem is not so much with God as he is, but with God as they perceive him to be in the distorted picture that has got lodged within the frame of their minds. Now, let me begin by identifying some symptoms of this condition, some ways, if you may know, that this is affecting you. The first of these is simply boredom. If you think that God is dull boring or tedious, you can be certain that you have a distorted picture of God. The living God, the creator of heaven and earth, is not boring. When Jesus spoke to the first disciples and said to them very simply, follow me, they left everything to follow him. Why? Because they found him so utterly compelling. And if you have not seen nor felt that, then you're probably suffering from a distorted picture of the living God. If you think God is boring, you do not yet know and have not yet met the God of the Bible. Here's a second symptom, cynicism. Now, whenever you see a distorted picture, as you did a moment ago, the instinctive reaction, of course, a natural reaction is to laugh. We always laugh at distorted pictures. And uh, if you have a distorted picture of God within your mind, it will be laughable to you. In other words, it will give rise to a cynicism within your mind and within your heart. And that can be true amongst God's people as well as amongst unbelievers. Remember the story of Abraham and Sarah? And uh, God made a promise that Sarah would have a child long after the age of childbearing. And she laughed. Why did she laugh? Because she had a framework within her mind, a picture of what God could do and what God couldn't do. And when God made a promise that was outside of that frame of reference, she simply found it ridiculous. Now, there may be some of us today who are precisely facing that trouble. You see, you may hear me say, God loves you. Or you may hear me say, the Holy Spirit can give you power to triumph over ingrained patterns that are sinful in your life. But because you have a distorted picture of God, when you hear these words, they kind of fly over your head and you, in your heart, tend to say, yes, yes, yes. Now, when you detect that kind of cynicism within your soul, you can be sure that at root you are suffering from a distorted image of the living God. Here's the third symptom, antagonism. Last year, I had a conversation with someone very close to me personally who had once professed faith in Christ. And he said, Colin, you need to know where I'm at now. I hate God, and I hate everything that you stand for. That cut me very deep. At first, I found it difficult to know where to go with that. I talked with a friend who gave me some wise counsel. He said, ask him to tell you about the God that he hates. It was very wise counsel. 
See, you may know someone who is deeply antagonistic towards God, and that may be simply an expression of their perversity, but it may also reflect that they have a deeply distorted image of God in their minds, and their antagonism is focused towards that misconception of what God is like. So this field of doubt that we're considering this morning is not so much a problem with God as he is, but with God as we perceive him to be. It is not so much a problem that exists out there in heaven, it is a problem that exists in here in the confines of my limited human mind. And it is one of the most prevalent issues amongst believing people a distorted image that makes God unattractive to us and leaves us somehow cold within our own hearts and within our own souls. Now let's ask the next question. Where do distorted images come from? And I want to suggest two places from where we may derive distorted images and then to lead us in the scriptures to a discovery of the true image. First of all, we will have a distorted image if we draw a picture from our own experience. If you allow your experience to be the artist who draws the image of God within your mind, you can be very sure that it will be a distorted image. And here's the reason. Your experience of life is of life in a fallen world. This is an abnormal world. This is not the world as God created it. This is a world at war with God. God made this world, but it is also a world that has been ravaged by evil powers. And your experience, therefore, of life in this world will necessarily be a mixture of experiencing good and experiencing evil. It goes right back to the beginning of the Bible story, where our first parents chose the knowledge of good and evil. And we all experience both. So if you draw your picture of who God is from experience you will get God all mixed up with evil, and you will therefore have a distorted picture. That's Pastor Colin Smith with a message called Distorted Pictures, taking a look at where distorted images come from. We're going to pause for a moment, and we'll continue the message shortly. If you miss any of the messages in this series, which is called Faith with Questions, you can always catch up on the website openthebible.org.uk. You can stream each of the talks from the series, or you can download an MP3 for free. Now let's get back to Pastor Colin and his message, Distorted Pictures, based on Isaiah chapter 40. If you draw your picture of who God is from experience, you will get God all mixed up with evil, and you will therefore have a distorted picture. This is a particular problem for those who have seen great suffering close up. If you've been on the field of battle in war, if you have seen or experienced torture, if you have been physically or sexually abused, what has happened is that in your experience, there has been the shadow of evil. 
And if therefore experience becomes the artist who paints the picture of God that you carry in your mind, then that image will be deeply distorted. It will be a confusion of God and evil, and it may look very ugly indeed. Now, this was Naomi's problem, if you want to take an example from the Bible. Remember the story of Ruth? Naomi, this lady who was married to a man who made a foolish decision, decided to move off to another country in Moab, not a wise choice, moved the whole family, and then he died. And Naomi was left to raise two boys on her own. She raised these two boys faithfully. They then married Moabite women, and then the two boys died. And Naomi's left coming back to her hometown in Bethlehem, her life absolutely devastated, her experience of life in a fallen world cut through with loss and with bereavement. And she looks old and she looks haggard. And her friends say, can this be Naomi? And she says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, which means bitter. And then she said, because God has made my life bitter. Now, you see what she was saying? She was drawing from her experience, and because she had painted her image of God from experience, she had drawn the conclusion, there's a God, it must be a God who hates me. How else can I explain my experience? You see the problem? You draw your image of God from experience in a fallen world, you will necessarily get God all mixed up with evil, and you will have a terribly distorted picture. And that is, for many, many people, a fundamental spiritual problem. Now, here's the second way in which we get a distorted picture, and that is if we draw it from religion. Look at Isaiah 40 and verses 18 and 19. Isaiah is speaking about idols. Now remember what an idol is. An idol is simply a man-made image of God. And uh, Isaiah says, verse 18 of chapter 40, as for an idol, a craftsman casts it and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. And uh, here's this uh, practice of making idols. Uh, someone draws the shape of the thing on a piece of paper. Someone shapes it in metal, someone plates it with gold, and then someone makes a fancy little silver necklace and hangs it around the neck. All this costs serious money. So Isaiah says in verse 20, if someone's too poor to make this kind of investment, he will do the same thing with a piece of wood. And uh, you notice a lovely touch that Isaiah has there. If you're going to make an idol out of a piece of wood, make sure that you choose a piece of wood that does not rot. Shame to make your image of God, and then find that it all rots away. Now, his whole point here is that idols are images that we have created. They are our distorted attempts to represent God. That's, by the way, why God gives the command that we're not to make any graven image. And I think this speaks very powerfully to our culture today. Because we are also surrounded by a world of very diverse religions, as Isaiah was in his day. And our culture is awash with the idea that anything sincerely believed is a valid expression of truth. And that if we want to know what God is like, we can discover this by listening to all religions. Now, do you see how that is precisely the opposite of what Isaiah is saying here in the Bible. 
Remember that he was surrounded by a multiplicity of religions. There were fertility cults. There was the worship of Moloch, the worship of a god called Baal, and the worship of a female idol by the name of Asherah. And postmodernism, our kind of cultural thought, if it was back there in Isaiah's day, would say, well, of course, they're all talking about the same thing. Asherah, Baal, Moloch, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this is, this is all really the same thing. And no doubt they would use that illustration that you've, uh, I'm sure, heard many times. You know, it's all like five blindfolded men trying to describe an elephant. You've heard this one? You know, one man's blindfolded and he feels the tail and he says, oh, it's like a rope. And uh, the other blindfolded man feels the side of the elephant and he says, no, no, it's like a wall. And uh, the other one's at the front and he feels the trunk and says, no, it's like a great pipe. And we're often told in our culture that, you know, basically we're, when we talk about God, all the religions are basically saying the same thing. It's just that it's a bigger thing than any of us can grasp. Now, I want you to notice that that is precisely the opposite of what Isaiah says in the Bible. These are very different views of the world and of religion, and you need to choose between one or the other. They cannot both be right. Look at verse 18. To what can you compare God, says Isaiah? What image can you compare him to? You see what he's saying? The living God who's the creator of the heaven and the earth cannot be compared to the idols, the man-made projections in the religious world around us of what he's supposed to be like. He's not the same as Moloch. He is not the same as Baal. He is not the same as Asherah. And the idea that we can discover who God is by taking a little bit from each of these philosophies and cobbling them together is a complete and utter mistake. It will only give you an utterly distorted picture. And you see, the problem for some of us is that is precisely what we've tried to do. We've bought into postmodernism, and we've tried to adapt a little bit from here and from there, and, and we've cobbled together from the world of religion a kind of identical picture that is confusing and is contradictory in its very nature. You cannot discover who God is like that way. Let me bring it a little closer to home. For some of us have picked up a distorted picture, not only from the world of religion around us in the broad sense, but from religious background in terms of family and even church. A lady was telling me recently, and I loved the phrase she used. She said, the church that I was brought up in, she said, Everything was forbidden except for what was compulsory. I like that. <laughs> You've got to think about it for a minute, then you get where she's going. Everything was forbidden except what was compulsory. It doesn't leave you a lot of room for maneuver, does it? Uh, you see, this kind of legalism had been the environment in which she had been raised. And what it had done was it had produced a distorted picture of the living God as someone who is mean-spirited, joyless, generally unattractive, easy to fear, but difficult to love. 
I wonder, has it ever occurred to you that that is precisely the distorted picture that the enemy tried to paint in Eve's mind at the very beginning of the Bible story, in the Garden of Eden? You remember that God gave the fruit of all the trees in the garden to the man and to the woman, except for one that they were not to touch. But when the enemy, Satan, came and spoke to Eve, he tried to paint a distorted picture. He said, did God really say that you can't eat from any of the trees in the garden? Well, the answer, of course, is no. God never said any such thing. But what he was trying to do was to paint a picture of God who was mean and churlish and joyless. Fancy a God who would create a vast garden and not allow you to eat from any of the trees. Well, the whole thing was a distorted picture. And the reason that he was painting that distorted picture is that if he could get Eve to think that God was mean and joyless and ungenerous, it would be very easy for Eve to sin against God. And the truth is that the devil has painted within some of our minds such a distorted picture of God, we find it very easy to sin against him. Very difficult to love him. There's a prayer that I think many of us know very well. Probably learned it at school. You know the one that begins day by day, day by day, Lord, three things I pray. You remember what the first one is? To see you more clearly. That's what we're talking about today. Why? Because only when I see you more clearly will I be able to love you more dearly. And then I'll be able to follow you more nearly. And the reason some of us do not have a great love that's alive for Christ or a discipleship that's at the cutting edge is that we've got a blurred and a distorted image of God. We drew it from our experience, cobbled it together from religion, or we basically absorbed it from some kind of background that left us with all sorts of distortions. And that's a challenging message for us today. Maybe if we don't have a love for God, it's because we have a distorted image of him. You're listening to Open the Bible and a talk by Pastor Colin Smith entitled Faith with Questions. Today's talk was about distorted pictures. If you miss any of these talks, you can hear them again or catch up on our website, openthebible.org.uk. Open the Bible is able to remain online and on the radio because of your generosity. We want to send you Pastor Colin Smith's book, Six Hours That Changed the World, as a thank you for your regular monthly donation of £5 or more. Colin, how could someone best use this book? Well, the six hours that changed the world, of course, are the six hours that Jesus was hanging on the cross. And during that time, he spoke seven times. And each time he spoke, he gave an insight into what he was actually doing on the cross. So one way in which this book could be used is that you could read one of the sections in each of the seven days leading up to Easter. And that would take you into the heart of what Jesus was doing on the cross, what he accomplished, why he was there, and what difference it makes for you. And for families, this would be very simple. It would take about five minutes to read one of these sections. You could do that each day in the week leading up to Easter, and it would really help all of your family to see what it was that Jesus accomplished on the cross and why it changes everything for all who believe. 
Well, Colin's book is called Six Hours That Changed the World, and we'd like to send you a free copy as a thank you gift for your regular donation of £5 per month or more. You can find details of this offer and how to make your donation on our website, openthebible.org.uk. For Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick, and we hope you'll join us next time on Open the Bible. This program is a listener-supported production of Open the Bible. Biblical meditation is not about emptying your mind, it's about filling it. Find out why next time on Open the Bible.